Good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church lovers. Okay. We're going to talk about yeah, some resolutions. Let me pray first. Father in heaven, I thank you for today. We come into your house. I ask you to bless this message. Let me say the things that you want me to say and not the things you don't want me to say. And let me be nice and kind and uh, allow the people to absorb this message. In Jesus' name, amen. So we want, I want to talk, I thought this was a good thing to talk about today, New Year's resolutions. People always, I don't really make New Year's resolutions. Uh, my resolution is to walk with Jesus, same thing I had last year. So what are some of the New Year's resolutions? I'm going to show you two of them. As soon as this thing skips here, we will go to the next slide. <laughs> New Year's resolutions for 2024. Some of you are making a list, checking it twice. Oh, that's Santa Claus. I do think we got power in this, right? We got juice there. Stay tuned for station identification. You know, technology is good when it works. And I am not the best computer guy. Pastor Stan says, stand still. I'd like to move around. Here we go. We're going to get it fixed. Yeah, I used to make New Year's resolutions. You know, how long did I keep them? Not very long. I break them. Yeah, yeah, as soon as the New Year gets here. Okay. Uh, second slide. I will become violent in 2024. Think about that statement. No, I don't mean you're going to pick up the pistol and, uh, you know, we're going to make things right in America, right? With guns, that's not what I mean. I mean in the spirit realm. Don't misquote me on this. And persecution. Shall we talk about that for 2024? You know, not a very uh, popular subject for the church, but I think uh, we're going to see it increase. So let's talk about this violent thing, and I'll give you scripture here to back this up. Matthew eleven twelve. it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Yes, the kingdom of heaven does suffer violence. And the violent take it by force. This is the battle between light and darkness, good and evil. Even uh, Newton's law had uh, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So when you push on Satan's kingdom... There's pushback, and that's why many times we go to these mission trips and we come back home, they're successful, and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose and our family falls apart and our dog dies and we wreck our car and, I mean, everything just starts to crumble all around because we damaged the kingdom of hell and now it wants to pay us back. And uh, this scripture in King James says, violent take it by force. Uh, other scriptures say, forceful men and women lay hold of it. And so we have to grab our blessings and really fight for them and hang on to them. Otherwise, the devil's going to take them back from you. He will steal your lunch. Amen? 
Yeah, he will. Are you going to into your promised land in 2024? Are you going to be in the land of blessings, in the land of milk and honey? Are you going to get good things coming to you? Or are you going to get, you know, all the dirty stuff the enemy is going to send to you? No job, broken car, fight with your wife, fight with your husband. You're single, you want to get married, you can't find a mate, or you find the wrong mate. Are you going to be blessed or are you going to be under a curse? Is my question to you. And do you have a giant to kill in 2024? Or are you like me? There's lots of them. Lots of mountains to climb. Lots of enemies to kick out. Lots of struggles to overcome. Or you just have one. Because if you do, I'd like you to tell me how you do that. Because I haven't figured it out yet. Or does a giant want to take you out in a body bag in 2024? Or did he want to do that to you this year in 2023? You know, there are uh, opposing forces that do want to take us out, right? Sometimes, uh, I mean, really the devil is on a short leash. If he could, he would kill us all just that quick. But he's on a short leash, and we give him way too much credit. But he still wants to destroy us. Uh, if, if he destroys us slow, that's second best. Will 2024 be a good year to take out the giant in your land? Well, that depends on your attitude. Because my attitude is, I'm going to kill them all. And of course, you know, I don't get all my prayers answered. And I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm not. Uh, I still got things to learn and I make a lot of mistakes and I have many faults and you know but but I at least stand up and fight you know and do I get tired sure I get tired I get worn out I get beat up sometimes but you know what I take a lot of demon scalps too hey praise the Lord so for you how is it going this is the thing that really bugs me a lot I'll just uh oh I better turn that off Average, I call them, let's say lukewarm Christians. Lukewarm Christians. You know, I go, how's it going? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored, you know, but their world is falling apart all around them. You know, that's not me. I know I'm blessed, but I I, I don't pretend. Um, Most of you people don't know who Russell was, but he was a guy that was homeless and lived under a bridge just a, a few miles up the highway here. And I liked his attitude because I would say, hey, Russell, how are you doing today? And he'd say, I live under a bridge. How the hell you think I'm doing? <laughs> and I'd just laugh because he had, you know, to me, that was funny, uh, sarcastic. And then uh, sometimes I'd say, hey, Russell, how are you doing today? I eat a, out of a dumpster. How do you think I'm doing? And I go, you want to go to Whataburger and get something to eat? And he'd say, uh, you think you can afford it? <laughs> but he, he said it like it was. Uh, other people, How, how's it going? Oh, God knows. You know, I, I'm sick of that stuff. That's, this is stuff that baby Christians say. God knows. Doesn't everybody know God knows? He's kind of the creator of the universe. Oh, God's in control. How's it going? God's in control. You know, I can't get my prayers answered. 
you know, I'm all beat up, but God's in control. You know what? Uh, and God is in control and running the show. But think about this. If, is God really in control? You talk to an atheist about this. So there's starving babies dying in Africa. Is that God's will because he's in control? You know, is that God's will that people are starving? You know, the church is supposed to be doing something. You know, so yeah, God's in control, but he gave the control to us, didn't he? You know, people are getting raped and sold into human trafficking. Is that God's will? Is he in control? It doesn't look like it, right? The church is supposed to be running the show, not the devil. Oh, how are you doing today, uh, sister? Oh, praise the Lord. Everything's wonderful. You know, they're completely broke and can't buy lunch. Um, Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, what are you thanking him for? Oh, I just love him. He's wonderful. You know, I mean, I get tired of that. I don't live in that world. You know, people call me up like, you know, I'm fighting with my wife. I need prayer right now. Or somebody's sick and they're in the hospital. I need prayer right now. I mean, that's the world I live in. And then we blame the devil, right? Well, you know, the devil made me do it, it, you know. He gets way too much credit. He's not that powerful, even though he is a supernatural, strong uh, beast that wants to kill us. He just doesn't have that much power. So don't blame everything on the devil. And then we blame God, right? God took my wife. You know, my wife died. God took her. You know, God didn't take your wife. It just was cancer. You know, it was a car wreck, you know, an accident. It wasn't God or the devil. It's called life. Here's who, here is who we do not blame. We don't blame ourselves. You know, and Leslie says, I, I say, you know, Christians are stupid. She goes, that's not nice. You shouldn't say that. But, I mean, I just say it. And I, I'm not mad at you guys, anybody online. I'm, I don't hate you. I don't have a bone to pick with you guys. I just say it like I see it. And Sunni says, you shouldn't say it like you see it. But, <laughs> you know, we don't blame ourselves enough. You know, Jesus said, uh, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross and bear it. You know, we need to crucify the flesh. So it's not God. If we got problems in our life or things are going good sometimes, it's not God. It's not the devil. It's us. And I have family members that don't serve God, but man, they got some nice houses and nice cars and they got money in the bank, but they're not doing nothing for God. And, you know, the scripture says the um, Lord reigns, brings rain on the just and the unjust. So God loves everybody, whether you're sinning or saved. He, he loves all people. So you don't even have to serve God. It's a good idea to serve God because at the end you'll wish you had. But you can be blessed just by doing um, what we would call Christian values or having morals. You know, not lying, not stealing, not cheating, working hard, saving money, stuff like that. But you you cannot go out and buy a $500,000 house and get 90, 90 days behind on your house payment. Go, God, I need you to bless me so I can make my house payments. You have to live within your budget. As an example of, you know, blame, oh, it's the devil. No, it's you for not being wise and living past your budget. And I could go on, but you get the point, right? 
it's God or the devil is the problem. It's never us. But you know what? Most of the time it is us. You know, we are, as they say, our own worst enemy. And like I said, I'm not trying to say I've got it figured out. I don't. I make a lot of mistakes. But my dad taught me something I thought was really good. He goes, if you don't never make any mistakes, you won't never do nothing. So I must have done something because I've made lots of them. And I'm not afraid of making mistakes. Uh, you, you, that's how you learn, right? And so you pick yourself up and, and go on. And the scripture says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up again. So it's not, um, don't, don't beat yourself up if you've fallen and made a mistake. Get up and go for it. So here's the thing. We all have free will. And because we have free will, you know, God's not a robot. He doesn't force us to love him. And if we reject him, he has really, you know, that's our choice, right? He's not going to pull you in and put your face in it. No, we do that with people like, here's the Bible, you know, I'm going to ramp it down your throat. And they're going, no, I don't want to. You know, we are the Bible beaters. We can't force Christianity on anybody. And God will not do that. That's not how he operates. The Holy Ghost is a gentleman, and he's soft and gentle and kind. But we are not. But that's the problem. We have a free will. Because we have a free will, we make mistakes. We choose the wrong. We make the wrong choice, right? How do we do that? Wrong choice in job, wrong choice in mate. We overextend ourselves with a budget and then expect God to bless us and pay off our bills and just all kinds of problems. Okay, why did I put this up here? Uh, you know, I heard God's voice. I didn't soon need it. So we, we um, lived in Iowa 12 years ago, and uh, we're on our spiritual journey, and we found out about demons. <laughs> and so then nobody knew how to handle those things. So we were, you know, going after it. The spirit world is real. I'm going to beat up on Satan. So we're casting out demons and you know the church gave us the boot get out of here because you're a demon chaser so soon he prays who's going to be our mentor oh Stan and Leslie and you know I was uh, you know in the Lord in a lot of ways I'm still immature but I was really immature back in Iowa 20 years ago and I said she goes Stan and Leslie's going to be our mentor and I said well did you tell God that uh, they're in Texas and we're in Iowa? <laughs> so it took three years, you know. So, uh, yeah, we had three businesses, all of them making money. We closed them, sold them, got rid of them. Sold a brand new house. It was awesome. And said goodbye to the family and the grandkids. And what did they say? Oh, I'm so happy you're doing what the will of God is. No, they said you're in a cult, and they said you're all freaking crazy. You know, no support. But we, anyway, away we went. It took three years to put all that together, and we showed up down here in Flower Mound. Anyway, we left Iowa, but we heard God's voice. I'm saying many people don't know whether they're hearing the voice of God or the voice of the enemy. They can't discern that. Christians need discernment. And um, if it lines up with the Word of God, uh, it's God's will. If it lines up with the world, it's coming from the enemy. Uh, 
And it's not that hard to figure it out, but a lot of people want to have what they want, you know. They're praying, I want to have this thing, and it's not God's will, but you just go ahead and do it anyway, and then you find out you got in trouble. Is that making sense to anybody? So, where is the giant that's in your face, or your house, or your job, or wherever your territory is? Yeah, well, there's more than one, but let's just make it simple. Where is he? Well, uh, you'll like this. He's in Plano. <laughs> and all these towns here. He's in your town. And if you don't live in these towns, he's in your town, Internet people. He's in my town. Yeah. He's, he's, you got a giant that wants to take you down. Yeah. Where does the giant live that's coming for you? Remember, the, they were going to go, the Hebrews going to go in the promised land and there were giants there, and they sent the spies in, and, and uh, it was 12 of them, right? 12 spies, and 10 come back and go, we can't take them. We're grasshoppers, and they're giants. And Caleb and Joshua said, we can take them. No big deal. And the Lord was not pleased. So they died in the wilderness, 40 years around the mountain. Okay, that come from Judges 3. Let's look at the scripture. Finally, we get to scripture. Now, these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them. See, I talked to you about persecution. There's a giant in your life to prove you, and that means to test you, to test you. And who who actually sent it? God. God sent it. And, you know, I pray some dumb prayers because I know I serve a supernatural God, so I don't pray Band-Aid prayers. I pray big prayers. And so I said, Lord... Don't pray this prayer. <laughs> Lord, send me the hard cases that nobody wants to deal with. You got it. Yeah, he he's set me up. He set me up, my God. And you know what? And then I grumble and complain. He goes, well, you know, that's one prayer I got answered. <laughs> so the, it, it, it refines you. It, you know, the character, it comes out. When the pressure comes on, your character comes out. It says, uh, so that's what's going on here. The nations which the Lord left to prove or test Israel, even as many as Israel had not known all the wars of Canaan. See, a lot of Christians don't know that we're supposed to be in a war. There is a war going on, but some go like, there's a war. Where is that? Oh, that must be in Israel and Ukraine. No, it's, it's in the spirit realm. Only the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war. See, God does want us to teach us war. And the scripture even says our God is a God of war. You know, oh, Jesus is love. Yes, I get so tired of that stuff. You know, our God is a man of war. He will fight for you. He wants us to take down giants. But the average Christian doesn't even know there's a fight. Because it says, at least as such as before knew nothing thereof. See, the Hebrews were slaves for 400 years. They did not know how to fight. They didn't know who they were in Christ. See, coming out of Egypt is the deliverance, but then dominion and getting your blessings is in the promised land, and they ran away from it, you know, because there's giants there. Okay, it says, who were these people? Well, namely the five lords of the Philistines and all the Canaanites and the Sidonians. And the Hivites that dwelt in Mount Lebanon from Mount Baal Hermon unto the entering of Hamath. Okay, think about Baal Hermon. We'll talk about it. 
And they were to prove or test Israel by them to know whether they would hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, which he commanded his fathers Moses. You know, we're all on the test from God to find out if we're going to obey him or if we're going to do things our way. And I've tried both ways, and our way is not the right way. Not good. we got to go with the Lord. So when we heard, when in Iowa, when we heard... Uh, go to Texas, you know, I said, we're going, you know, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I was excited. Suni's going like, oh, we got to, I mean, she had a really good job at the beauty college and we had a really nice house and the family was there, but I'm going like, they're grown, let them figure life out for themselves and we'll go to Texas and uh, yeah, build the kingdom. But she's, you know, I'm praying, like, settle up, make it happen. She's going, Lord, don't let the house sell. I like this house. (laughs) I want to stay here. I don't want to leave my nice house. But anyway, three years later. So things like this just doesn't happen overnight. And the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites. That's a mistake. See, you're not supposed to live with the giants. So a lot of Christians just put up with it. They get tired of fighting. Oh, we compromise. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to just live alongside of them. uh, Another way to say it is I got sin in my life. Nobody knows. It's just me. God, he may know, but nobody else knows. So I got to deal with God. And the deal with God is no deal. <laughs> the ites here, the Canaanites, the Hittites, these are actually spirits. Amorites, Prezites, Hivites, Jebusites. You're wondering, why do I have to read this Old Testament stuff about all the ites? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because it's spiritually discerned. So let's talk about dominion. See, dominion is when you go into the promised land, which the Lord gave us. The Lord has a lot to say about dominion. There's a spiritual pecking order. There's a chain of command. You know, the enemy has his pecking order and God has his pecking order because there's two kingdoms. Everyone who engages in spiritual warfare knows this verse, uh, Vision 6, 12, where we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, wrestling, I don't know, I wrestled in high school, but it's a one-on-one sport, mano y mano. It's you, you walk out there and, you know, you hear the little bell ding and it starts. Well, that's when time stops. If you want to know what eternity is like, you know, go out on the mat and you start trying to get your opponent on his back, which is a picture of us and the enemy. You know, remember um, Jacob wrestled with the angel. He's actually trying to, he's in a match, a wrestling match. He's trying to put him on his back. But we don't fight people, right? Here it is, principalities, powers, rules of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Here's a verse not so well known, Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created. So who made the devil? God. God created the devil. He made the demons and, and all things. There's things that we can see, invisible things. What are those things? The invisible spiritual realm that's all around us, thrones or dominions, or principalities, or powers. All things were created by him and for him. So God set this thing up, and he's in control, and he gets to run the devil. You can see that in Job. You know, the devil has to get permission. He just can't jump on you for no reason. So I said all that to teach you about Baal Hermon, and 
Think about this. What does bail mean? The verb bail means exercise dominion over. Now, we're supposed to have dominion over, right? Right in Genesis, it says, I give you dominion over the birds of the air, the face of the sea, and everything that creeps and walks all over the earth. We have dominion. But the devil also, in this name, breaks down to exercise dominion over. It says to own, control, or be lord over. Uh, Baal means lord, master, even husband. You know, there is such a thing as a spirit husband. And if you're a, a male, you can have a spirit wife. You can be married to a demon. Uh, another teaching for another day. Uh, the feminine counterpart of Baal is Baala, means mistress or landlady. Landlord, basically they own you. It's just another lord, you know. Uh, Baal is a god of a thousand faces. So that's what Baal Hermon means. It uh, means lord of designation, and he's going to designate for you all the bad stuff. You know, you ever heard of uh, the grass is greener on the other side? Well, that's the enemy. Come over to this side, and I'll give you what you deserve. And he does. Yeah, he'll give it to you. Master of destruction or master of disaster. Have you ever heard someone say, you're not the boss of me? Well, that's not true in most cases because you got sin in your life, you're connected to the enemy, and he is the boss of you. <laughs> if I'm stepping on your toes, I'm sorry. Uh, they make steel toe boots for that. The Philistines capture the ark. What? You know, the ark of the covenant, God's mercy seat, that's got the manna and the tablets and the Aaron's rod in there. In Samuel, it says, And the Philistines fought against Israel, and Israel was smitten. What? I thought Israel was God's chosen people, the apple of his eye. Why did they get their rear end kicked? Sin. And they fled, every man into his tent. They ran like a scared rabbit back to their tent, stuck their head in the sand like an ostrich, like a lot of Christians, you know. What do they say? Like, no, 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 no. I can't see it. I can't see it. It's not there, but, you know. There was a very great slaughter, for there fell 30,000 soldiers. Um, where does the judgment of God begin? Come on. House of God comes right here, right? Starts with, that's why, you know, there was sin in the camp, so God judged his house first, and it's happening in America right now in all houses and around the globe judgment and we're seeing it on the internet aren't we you know pastors being arrested for sex trafficking and you know, pastors sleeping with the church secretary I mean shouldn't be but it, it is and we're seeing it on the internet I see it I don't know if you do but I see it um, Hillsong the pastor was um, got some sex problem the Worship pastor and the head pastor. He resigned. Yeah, happening. Uh, IHOP, Kansas City, resigned. Okay, enough about that. And the ark of God was taken. The two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas were slain. What? You know, uh, that's, that's a, uh, in my opinion, one of the reasons that the Lord uh, judged his own house there. See, Eli was the high priest or a priest 
Yeah, he was a high priest, and Hophni and Phineas were his sons, and what was their sin? Who knows? Yeah, sleeping with the ladies in the congregation. And Eli knew about it. And you know what? He did not discipline his sons. And so, you know, that's why God took matters into his own hand. You know, it's better if we um, repent and turn and get back on track than wait for God to because sometimes he takes you out. It's more than a spanking, right? And when you expire and become room temperature, you might not go up, you might go down because of your sin, you know? So a minister sleeping with the congregation, don't think they're going to get into heaven. So where did they take the ark? Well, they took, uh, it says, and the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it to Ebenezer uh, to Ashdod. Ashdod is a city of the Philistines. Okay, who? What, what happened in Ashdod? Remember Dagon? That's the fish god. And uh, it's a marine spirit, a water spirit. And Jonah, he's supposed to go and tell him, repent. And he goes, no. And so... They pitched him out of the boat. He got swallowed by a fish, and then the fish spits him up on the shore, and he's walking through Nineveh. Jonah gets spit out by a fish to the people that worship the fish god. <laughs> what did they say? It's a sign from God, and they all repented. Okay? Weird. The Bible is... Very strange. First uh, Samuel. And when they of Ashdod arose early in the morrow. Okay, so see, they took the, the ark of God and they set it in their temple. And there's Dagon, the fish god. And uh, God, he's, this is so funny. God knocks over the idol. <laughs> he knocked over the yeah, he knocked over the Christmas tree, y'all. <laughs> and... Uh, so Dagon fell on his face before the ark of God. See, God is in control of all this stuff. You know, he's spanking Israel. They lose and 30,000 soldiers die. And he had Ashdod or the Philistines capture the ark. He takes it back, but then he punishes the Philistines by knocking the idol over. So he's hitting both sides, see? Kind of like the New World Order. They play on both sides of the street, just like God. Okay, so they set him up. They stood Dagon up in his place. It's their idol. But the hand of God was heavy upon them of Ashdod, and he destroyed them and smote them with emeralds, even Ashdod to the coast thereof. That means they got hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoids. Emeralds? Emeralds. What's an emerald? It's a hemorrhoid. Yeah. It, uh, spirit of infirmity. Yeah, they had some butt problems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't think these were small. These were big and painful, and they're nasty, so you get the idea. Let's move on. <laughs> so uh, they go, let's return the ark. You know, in other words, we got a curse. Uh, let's get rid of this thing. And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners. See, they have the uh, witches, the warlocks, the magicians, 
all working in the dark arts, the secret arts. And the Bible in basic English says those who are wise in secret arts. We're not supposed to be wise in psychic bondage, in witchcraft, in palm reading, and tarot cards, and the occult. We, that's off limits. God says off limits. But that's their, you know, uh, the king had all those people in his cabinet working for him. You know, kind of like America. What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. And they said, if we send it away, the ark of God to Israel, and send it not empty, and send it not empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering, then he shall be healed. See, even the occult people know that you have to give a sacrifice. You have to give an offering. Christians don't know that, but the cults do. And it should be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. That's the diviners, you know, prophesying to the leaders. Then they said, what shall be the trespass offering, which we shall return to him? Okay, this is just to me is hilarious. Five golden emeralds. So they made five gold hemorrhoids and five gold mice. So apparently they probably got overrun with mice too. According to the number of the lords of the Philistines, which would have been five lords of the Philistines. One plague for on all of you and all your lords. Who were these five lords? We don't know, but we do know where they were from, which is important. Names mean something in the Bible. They're not just there to take up space. For Samuel... Six, and these are the golden emeralds which the Philistines returned for a trespass offering, one for Ashdod. So pay attention to these names. They mean th- something. Ashdod, Gaza. See, we, we're fighting a war in Gaza now, right? This is Philistine land in the Bible. Do not people know this did not belong, you know, to, it was Israel's, Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. That's the five cities. There was none of the Anakims left in the land of the children of Israel. Only in Gaza, Gath, and in Ashdod there remained. See, the Lord says there's a promised land. He didn't say cross the Jordan, have a nice life. He said go in there and kill the giants. And not just the giants, he said kill men, women, children, and animals. Why? Because they were impure, polluted, detestable, abominable. They had a mixed blood. They were Nephilim giants descendants of, you know, angels and women against the Lord. Polluted, you know, and we they, they tell me we're in the last days. I heard that somewhere. <laughs> and the scripture says, as in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So, you know, we're already eating GMO food, genetically modified food. Now they're trying to do transhumanism, which means with they're mending, molding our bodies with machines or computers. And you can get a chip somewhere in the world now to make your brain smarter. You can become bionic, a computer, man or woman. So transhumanism is coming, and this stuff is happening. And I'm not saying we're in the actual close to the end, but we're closer today than we were yesterday. And even non-believers know things aren't like they used to be two years ago. And just so you can love me even more, don't expect it to go back the way it was two years ago because, you know, when you break the alabaster box, uh, you can't put it back in. Pandora's box, 
you can't put it back in. Uh, as they say, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. It's not going back the way it was, guys. Uh, so get your sword out and start cutting off demon scalps. Put that in your, you know, cash the check. Ashdod, what does that mean? Well, glad you asked. That means dead, destroyed, depressed. Are any Christians depressed? Well, they have a spirit of Ashdod. Depressed, oppressed. Uh, anybody been robbed? Uh, and I'm not saying you got robbed of money, but have you been robbed of a blessing, a spiritual blessing? You prayed, you believed in faith, you know, and it was on its way, but it never got to your hand. It disappeared in the spiritual universe. You know, Daniel, I like this story. Daniel prayed. 21 days, but the angel showed up and he said, I heard your prayer on day one, but I got hung up with the Prince of Persia. See, we have resistance and opposition. So just because you didn't get your prayer answered doesn't mean the Lord didn't hear it. He heard it and the angels were released and, and they're on their way. But you either said something not in faith that cut that off or the enemy stole your blessing because you didn't persist. So you've been robbed, spoiled, you know, uh, <laughs> I got to talk about you, Suni. Suni is always going like, you smell that? I'm going, no. And she goes, that stinks. Well, for her, everything stinks. <laughs> so we had a little conversation this morning. Uh, I showered, so I was nice and clean to come to church today, and I hung up the towel, and she goes, that towel stinks. I said, well, your nose is working. I says, mine is normal. I don't smell everything. But she goes, my nose is working. Your nose is not working. So... <laughs> You know, if, if you got something spoiled, it's going to stink, right? That's Ashdod. That's, this, is the, this is not a biblical spirit. You know, biblical spirits are fear, bondage, spirit of error. But this, I call this a spirit because it has a characteristic. And you can spot these things by the function that shows up in your life. So if you have any of these things operating... I say you have a spirit of Ashdod upon you. And hello. Welcome, welcome. Ashdod is a stronghold. You know, we're supposed to be pulling down strongholds. That means we're supposed to pull down Ashdod, a Philistine city. Joshua, about midway between Gaza and Joppa and three miles from the Mediterranean Sea. They were close to the sea because that's their fish god. You know, they were close to the water. It was one of the chief seats of the worship of Dagon, the fish god. It belonged to the tribe of Judah. Okay, no, I think we can settle this deal about, um, you know, the Gaza war. Who owns Gaza, uh, Philistines or Israel, right? Can't we just settle this right now? It says in King James Bible, your Bible, check it out. It belonged to the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah is where Jesus came from, one of the 12 tribes, right? It belonged to Hebrews, Christians, Judah, not Christians, but Judah. It belonged to the Israelites, not the Philistines. But here's the deal. See, it says it never came into their possession because God said, go fight the giants. You know what? They got tired of fighting, and they just said, we'll just hang out with them. They'll be okay. We'll marry their sons and daughters. Not supposed to happen either. They just compromised. Okay, 2024. 
I would tell you guys, do not compromise because the devil will steal your lunch. It's not because he's that strong. It's just because you allow him to do this because you compromise. And people tell me all the time, I don't make a league with the devil. Well, as far as he's concerned, if you don't do anything, you've agreed with him. And that gives him legal right to attack you. So we got to fight. I'm tired of fighting. Yeah, so am I. But, you know, as long as I got breath, I'm going to fight. I have to. Otherwise, you know, some of the things I say. So Confucius was not a Christian, but it says, man who is coasting, he going downhill. You know, we can't coast. We can't stop fighting. Oh, Zechariah, I don't know what what comes over me. I guess I do pray for the Spirit of the Lord when I make these PowerPoints. But Zechariah 9, 6, it says, A bastard should not dwell in Ashdod. I will cut off the pride of the Philistines. See, uh, there is in the Bible such a thing as a bastard curse. And that means uh, you don't know who your daddy is. Or maybe you found out now because they have DNA tests. But you were born out of wedlock. That's a 10-generational curse. Curses are still operating today. And um, I don't even want to get into all of that, but it's not good. It is not a good curse to be under. So that's Ashdod. No, Gaza, fierce greed. Now, there's no one in America greedy, right? Gaza means fierce greed. Gaza means fierce greed. Okay, what's the two cities? That's the second city. You got five cities of the Philistines, five lords of the Philistines. So this is, you know, we don't know the names of the lords, but the names of the cities. So Gaza is the name of one of the five uh, cities that the five Philistines lived in when the uh, Israelites lost the ark. And so it means fierce greed. But, you know, it just doesn't apply to Gaza. It applies to America and it applies to individuals. If you are... um, not just a little greedy, but, you know, so like the Rockefellers. Um, when he was alive, they go, you, you're the richest man in the world. Um, how much money is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. So, you, you know, if, if you're going after money as your goal, you're, it doesn't matter how much you get. You'll never be satisfied. Or if you're an alcoholic and you're trying to drown your sorrows, there's not enough liquor in the world to put that one to bed. You know, you can't, uh, you know, I've no, I, I know, man, I've emptied a lot of bottles trying to get peace, and you know what? I never found it. You can't get it. Uh, drugs, yeah. So this this is an uncontrollable greed, and it just doesn't have to be money. It can be for possessions, it can be for, you know, Solomon had, what, a thousand wives? I'd say he had some of that. You know, the wisest man of the world, he got tripped up. He had lots of problems. Yeah, Solomon had a lot of problems. He started out right and ended up wrong, like a lot of us, right? We get saved, and then we get lukewarm, and then we get, you know, bullwinkled by the enemy, and we wind up over here, and we're in problems and trouble, and then we look back and go, God, why did you do this to me? And he's going like, you did it to yourself. Ouch. 
what does Gaza mean? A strong goat, you know? Goats, I got, I got a few of them, but you know what? They like to fight. They like to pick fights between each other. The city on the Mediterranean shore, remarkable for its early importance as a chief center of great commercial traffic with Egypt. Traffic, you know, Satan's a trafficker, and we have a lot of um, things called human trafficking even today. So it all fits in with Gaza. It's one of the oldest cities in the world. And here we go again. Can we not settle this? Who owns this land, Israel or the Philistines? It says, in the division of the land, the lot fell to Judah. Four verses there to check out. Whose land is it? Philistines or Israel's? You know, if you're a Christian and you're supporting Gaza, you, I, I just want to ask you, do you really think you're saved or do you believe what the Bible says and you back up the Lord? Jesus said, you know, the, the people were cast out, demons, they go, they're not part of us. But, you know, and Jesus said, you know, they're standing with us. So if, if they stand with us, they, they're with us. But if they're divided, they don't stand with us. Leave them alone. They're building the kingdom of heaven. Paraphrasing. I'm telling you, Gaza doesn't own the land. The Philistines need to leave. They're trespassing. So the most of the five cities of the great Philistine cities, which gave each a golden emerald. Its gates were carried away by Samson. Yeah, there's another guy. Thought with the wrong head, if you know what I mean. He was anointed by God. And the enemy took him out because he was stupid. And he was a prisoner. They gouged out his eyes. He ground in the prison house. They made a lot of fun of him, like they do to us today. All Christians are a joke. Is it, you know, you can't pick on the other religions, but you can pick on Christians. No back, no backlash, right? Because it's open season on people like us. You know, I was. Uh, we went out to eat uh, a week ago to a. To Samis, which uh, they have the spirit balls hanging off the ceiling. Muslims. And uh, I'm praying over the dinner. And when I pray over my dinner, I don't, you know, bow my head and whisper. I stood up and said a loud prayer. And at the end, I go, Amen. And somebody walking by, they go, Amen. I go, You're a Christian. She goes, Yeah. I go, We're Christians. So I'm not ashamed to, you know, ruffle some feathers, you know. So far, technically, it's still a free country, even though, you know, on social media, they're removing us for absolutely no reason other than they don't want what we're saying to be told. Amen? I think this is a good stopping place. Uh, I got more, but, you know, I am an anointed pastor. I could go for hours. So we have donuts in the back and coffee. So, Father, bless the donuts and the coffee and bless the people. Let's have a good conversation. Come back in 10 minutes. We'll have church in Jesus' name. Amen. So welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. We're so happy to have you join us today. Um, you know, next Sunday is Christmas Eve, and that'll be our, our Christmas program. So I really encourage you to tune in and watch it if you're not here personally. It's going to be a fun show. The kids are going to start off the show, and 
And then we have my whole family's coming in, Bentley and Alicia and Sean and Rachel and Island and little baby Kiera. So uh, they're all going to sing, I guess, except for Sean. <laughs> we have him busy, busy doing something else. He goes, let them sing. I'll do the other stuff. And it's going to be great. So I'm, I just encourage you to watch it. Uh, I just have here some announcements real quick. There is a chili contest on January the 28th. And if you haven't signed up for it, you want to sign up. And hopefully you'll win the grand prize. Now, you can ask people around here that have received the trophies that I give out. Best trophies ever. Best trophies ever. And just don't let soon he get it because you'll throw it away. <laughs> okay. So anyway, it's, it's really, this is a lot of fun. So if you haven't signed up, I'm going to have Scarlett come down and start handing that around and sign up for it. It'll be a good time. Thank you, Scarlett. Doesn't she look beautiful? She's in the Nutcracker. So she's going to dance today, and I get to go see it. She did yesterday, right? Yes. Yeah. Did you do good? I don't know. Did she do good, Mommy? Mommy, did she do good? Did she do good yesterday in the Nutcracker? Two more shows today. Where are you out? All right. You can go in down there and you can sign, have everybody sign this, huh? Yeah, where am I? <laughs> oh, 12 pictures. Okay. All right. So, Sharana has something to announce. Um, and then um, I just have the fellowship, the fellowship for bringing donuts or whatever you want to do, eggs, if you want to bring sausage. doesn't have to be donuts. We do have Leslie next week. We do need somebody for December, and then we'll go ahead and start for next year as well because it's almost the end of the year, everybody. I know. It's already Ready here. to go. <laughs> so that'll be on the round table? It'll be on the round table. Around? I'll pass yeah. it around, but it's always on the round table, yeah. and we'll make sure that we remind you the week before if you signed up. Okay. All right. Let's stand. Let's get our service going today. Stand up, girls. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that we can come here and just praise and worship you. Lord, you, as they say, you are the reason for the season. And while we enjoy giving, just loving on each other and giving gifts to each other and families getting together, and this might not really even be your birthday, honestly, but we, it doesn't matter. The whole world celebrates you. The whole world knows about Jesus on this next week. So we thank you for it, and during this season, they know about Jesus. We give you praise and honor and glory, and we ask that you just bless the service, bless the praise and worship, and, Lord, bless the ceremony today that we're giving out in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. And by the way, Lord, we have special needs in our church. Um, Breda, uh, Tony's wife, needs a miracle. Uh, we also... I guess Bill Palmer's ex-wife, Elaine, she needs a miracle. And God, I know that you do miracles, right? He does miracles. I'm living proof. So um, we just we just ask that you do that. Touch them, Lord, right where they are in Jesus' name. All right, offering. All right, good morning, everyone. How we doing? This is the best part of the service, right? Ain't a smile in here. Come on, let's wake up and... Enjoy the Lord today. I'm ready to do some praise and worship already up here clapping. You know, um, it is December. It is time to reflect on the Lord and what he has truly done for us. So in that, should we not do the same in return? It's a two-way street, no? Right? So here at the prophetic, at 
Spirit of Prophecy Church, we do the prophetic act of bringing your tithes to the storehouse. So if you would please come forward and bring your tithes to the storehouse. They're two separate, yes. Yes, we're going to do missions offering next. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bless the giver, Lord. We want to pray over them together, Lou. Tag team. Boom. <laughs> yeah, switch. Okay, so uh, Singapore and Malaysia with Pastor Massey, and it is in February. Yes, I'm leaving February the 8th. <laughs> uh, it's coming up soon. He didn't give me much notice. Yeah, and so uh, Prophet Leslie's going to Singapore and Malaysia in February, and she's asking to support, and we should support. It takes a lot of money on the airplane ticket and other things. So they're going to be preaching and teaching and training and equipping and casting out demons and all those good fun things that they do when they go on a mission trip so online you can donate right there see my finger right there <laughs> donate take a picture donate and support and you will be a partaker of the blessings of the kingdom of heaven the blessings we receive i'd like to say something um there was a time in my life that I just didn't give much. And consequently, looking back, I just didn't receive much. That is the way it's supposed to work, right? Right? Even the youngster says, yep, that's right. So then I started giving more, and guess what? Receive more. That's right, I started receiving more. Then I started giving in faith, where I put the person or the, the, the object or the, whatever the project was above my own needs. Now, I discovered that God is not obligated to cash a, a hot check. He will not necessarily cover that. But I started putting other people's needs ahead of mine. And then guess what started happening? My needs started getting taken care of. So when you sow in a spirit of prophecy church, that's good. But what I want to encourage you today, especially those people online, I see a difference, and it's too bad Leslie's in the room now, but I've got to talk about her for a second. But I see a difference in Leslie's countenance when she has been invited to go and speak in another nation. She absolutely lights up. And not just light up then, it's like all day long is everything. It's like she just kind of floats through the house, and all of a sudden the mundane things that she has to do around the house became joys. It's like joy came to her life. It's like, okay, I get to live now. It's like, this is the reason I live and breathe. This is, this is what I do, is to go to another country to minister. So she's been invited to go to Singapore and Malaysia to go over there and speak and minister. And if you want to be blessed, let me encourage you to do that because one of these days Jesus is going to ask you what you do with what I gave you and by turning 
some of this back to the Lord to win souls. Of course, we know it's good ground to sow in to Leslie taking the ministry that God has given her and going to other lands. So not just today, but I don't know what she leaves here, what, in five, six weeks? To be gone for a couple of weeks? And I know God will bless you for sowing into that. So that's all I wanted to say. It's a long way down. How far down? All the way, all it's the a way long down. Way. Longer than it was last year. Yep. Anybody else? We can pray that off. Okay. <clears throat> Thou prays first. Amen. Yeah, give online too. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Lord uh, says uh, he loves a cheerful giver, so Lord, we cheerfully give this amen and ask you to receive it cheerfully and I ask you to bless it back a hundredfold to the people that gave through faith. Lord, this is for you to build your kingdom. I also ask you to multiply it, not just for the people back, but for your kingdom. In Jesus' name. Lord, it's not a kingdom of lack, it's a kingdom of overflow and abundance. So I loose that. Thank you for the opportunity to give and support these missions and the Spirit of Prophecy Church. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All right, we have um, some teenagers and, well, young adults, and then one that's a preteen, Kaylee, that have, uh, last Sunday they stayed after church and uh, we talked to them, or maybe it's two Sundays ago, we never was. Uh, we talked to them about purity. And so we're going to do a ceremony today, and they're going to, the parents are going to be putting a purity ring on their finger. And so we're going to, we want to rejoice with them. We want to, as a church here, support them in this. And I, I'm, you know, I'm so happy that they've made this decision. So happy that they made the decision. Um, I need a paper, the papers. And Dorian's. All right, thank you. Uh, I was going to talk real quick first. Just hold this certificate. I'm going to hand this. I have Sharonda hand these out. This this is what we showed them. And when Leslie Ann was doing pageants, she her they have to do a platform, and they have to do a like a. Hey, what do you call it? A um, the book, Leslie, and what's it called? The the book that you did, like when you're in pageants. The what do you call it? Scrapbook. It's like a scrapbook. Yes, thank you. But that's like a major major thing. Anyway, um, she found this, and this is so. This is still relevant today. And if anybody would like to have this, if you'd like to, you know, you can always make copies, but. Uh, we're going to hand them around, and it shows if if they choose one partner, there's one soul tie, because when you have intercourse with somebody, you become one. That's what the scriptures talked about. And so, therefore, then if you have a partner or two partners, then it's actually three. And it goes on down to if you have 12 partners, then there's 4,095 actually soul ties that you're connected to. 
So whatever, that those soul ties, they have to be broken. You have to do a lot of deliverance sometimes and spiritual warfare. But it's so important that these young folks know that they're, they are dedicating their, their life of purity before the Lord. Um, and I'm happy that they're making this decision. I think that you are too, right? Anyway, so if you'd like to have one of these, you're welcome to it. And, you know, you can use it in a talk sometime to explain some things, and I won't go anymore. But, uh, Sandy, you want to have, you have something to say too? Well, what we're about to do is the folks you're about to see here on stage have made a vow of purity. In other words, they're saying, I'm not going to have intercourse until I get married. And as a result of that, they're going to be given a ring, which will go on the ring finger, and they leave that on there until their day of marriage when they take that off and replace that with a real wedding ring. And so we're, they're about to be presented this and also the, the ring. And it says, Vow of Poverty, Spirit of Prophecy Church, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I, Dorian Khalil Best, promise to, be, promise to God, my future maid and myself, to keep my mind and body morally clean and pure, so that when I enter the marriage covenant, I will be able to give myself with a completely clean conscience to my mate. Ephesians 5.27 says that he might present himself to a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish on the 17th day of December 2023. Stan Leslie, Jonathan, Kate, which couldn't be here, Lou, and soon he, Young, have signed it. So. Come over here on this side. Lou, you want to get on the other side for me? You can get over here for me. Do you promise to fulfill this? Yes, sir. Then you may present the ring. Let's do this. I want you to read that scripture that is up there, okay? All right. Uh, That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So we're going to give this to the mom, and she is going to place it on his ring. All right. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You All right. So, Kaylee. That's a big deal Kaylee. because one of these days or nights, there'll Kaylee. be a time when he'll have to look down at that ring and say, no, yeah. can't do it. That's right. you. Don't you wish you'd done that? Yeah. Can you help Everybody in the room says amen. That's right. <clears throat> The Mary Ers over here, the Mary E on that <laughs> side. So, Kaylee, would you read the scripture up there? That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Yes, and so that means you're going to keep yourself pure, as we talked about, okay? All right, and I think the mom has, or we have a certificate we'll give you, which he's already read. It has the same thing. Okay. Go ahead and present the ring. 
<laughs> Congratulations, hon. Do you want to give mom and dad a hug? <laughs> they look beautiful now. And by the way, that's why the woman wears white to the wedding, because she's supposed to be clean. All right, Adelie. <laughs> Can you read the scripture for me? That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that, sh- that, should it, that it should be holy without blemish. Ephesians 5.27, okay. You can present the ring. Congratulations. All right. Oh, well. Give mom and dad a hug. <laughs> Don't these girls look beautiful? <laughs> They're so beautiful. Three angels. <laughs> All right, would you read the scripture? That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. Excellent. You made me tear up on that one. (laughs) All right. Good job, honey. Congratulations. Congratulations. Well, it's time for praise and worship. You good? Congratulations, Mom. Congratulations. All right. Are you guys ready to praise the Lord? Amen. Well, let's stand up. We're going to have a great time this morning. And you know what? What is the season? Jesus season. That's right. This is a time of giving, representing, knowing who we are, representing the light of the world. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. So each day that you guys are at work, in the grocery store, when it's chaotic, when that person cuts you off when you're driving, remember that what would Jesus do? Stay calm. Be polite. (laughs) Because this is not the easiest time of the year. For a lot of people, and sometimes they just need that extra hand and patience and love and kindness. So represent Jesus in everything you do. Amen. Lord, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Let it be a sweet sound to your ear. What child is this who lay to rest? On Mary's lap is sleeping, who angels greet with anthems sweet, while shepherds watch our keeping. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels see. Lord, the Son, the Son of Mary. 
and poured to all him the king of kings salvation brings let loving hearts enthrone him this this is Christ the king whom shepherds God and angels see Shepherds watch our keeping. This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. Haste, haste to bring him on the bay, the Son of Mary. Prepare 
release that love to him this morning. Hallelujah. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Thank you for this time I could come and openly and praise your name. But worthy, let it be a sweet sound, Father God. He became sin who knew no sin. That we might become his righteousness and humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing, love so amazing, Jesus Messiah. The veil was torn. 
love so amazing Oh, love so amazing Jesus Messiah The name above all names Our blessed Redeemer Come on, tell them who he is and that you love him for it Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven. Come on, in your own words, tell them that you love them. Jesus Messiah. Yes, He is worthy. He is Lord of all. Thank you for this time we can come in unity, spirit, and in truth, and worship your great and marvelous name. And in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Having a quick surgery. By the way, happy birthday, Annie. A beautiful 60. So um, I hope all of you are planning on coming to our party later. Um, it's from 5 to 9, and it's going to be beautiful. So everybody's welcome to come. Everybody's welcome to come. So blessings. I also wanted to, I forgot to pray for Chris's dad, Jay, and Leslie Ann's uh, father-in-law. He's in the hospital in Fort Worth. Um, he has severe pancreatitis, 
Uh, we just need to pray for him, pray for healing to him in his body. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And say, Jay, we say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed right now amen. in Jesus' name. We command it in Jesus' name. All right. You ready to give a message this morning? Yes, ma'am. All right. Wonderful. I'm glad you're ready. <laughs> Lord, I just pray for your anointing upon my husband here of almost 41 years now. And so, Lord, I, I know he's a man of God. I know he prays. I know that he gets a message of what to deliver. I know that personally. And so, Lord, we ask for the anointing to be there and for us to have the anointing to hear the words of the Lord and to remember them and to receive the message that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, this morning we want to start by saying thank you. Thank you for putting us in yet the greatest nation that perhaps has ever been in the history of mankind. We thank you. We thank you that you have blessed us, have blessed this nation, have blessed this church. And Lord, sometimes in our life, we thought we did it. We're apologizing for that. Sometimes you blessed us, and we didn't even think back to say thanks. But this morning, Lord, we say thanks. Thank you, Lord, because great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. From one, one, one new moon to another, one Sabbath to another, all flesh shall come to worship before thee. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And one of these days... We look forward to seeing you at the marriage supper of the Lamb where they bring you before the Ancient of Days where you're given a dominion, glory, and a kingdom for your dominion is an everlasting dominion and your kingdom is that which shall not be destroyed that all people, nations, and languages shall serve and obey you. We want to be there seeing you change from the prince of the kings of the earth to become the king of kings and lord of lords from the Lamb of God to become the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We want to be there celebrating at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We want to see you given power and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might. And this morning we say thank you. We ask for your anointing on the service. And Lord, we didn't just come to just hear from you. We came to feel your presence. So we ask your Holy Spirit to be in the room. We look forward to the time when you will be reigned, when there will be great voices in heaven saying, now has become the kingdoms of our Lord, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Lord, now we ask that you speak to each one of our hearts and prepare us for those things that are coming, that we would be one that could build your kingdom and serve you in Jesus' name, amen. So Leslie, you didn't tell me what I'm talking on today. She came to me yesterday and she says, Stan, it's Christmas time. Yes, so I'm not going to be talking on Christmas. Sorry to say, I prayed and this is what the Lord laid on my heart to bring. So, our topic is going to be talking about miracles. Now, everybody loves to hear that. But the question is, are we prepared? I think that God has raised up a church that is a different kind of a church because he wants to use us for some very powerful things in the near future. And I'm going to say today, 
based upon the prophecies that I will not have time to cover here. Uh, would you turn the black fan off? It's too much. Uh, there's a very good reason why I say it's probably going to be starting in 2024. And there's lots of reasons, but again, I don't have time to cover them here. I got this email yesterday, as you can see in the top left corner, December 15th. Stan, I really need your help and wisdom on the question. At 7.32 in the, whole, in the video of the dream states, the church will have to live by faith, trusting me to provide and come through for them consistently. Is this why, if this is why, if this is so, why do we prep? Why create Joseph's Kitchen? I'm so confused. So I answer back and I says, why did Moses have a staff? God could protect him from falling. Why the staff? God could have protected him from snakes. Why the staff? When I climbed Mount Sinai, I discovered two things in the natural. One, it is easier to climb up than climbing down. The highest possibility to fall is on the way down. Moses had the staff to help him, to brace him, to keep him from falling. Wait. If God could protect him from falling, why the staff? The answer is God protects some people in some, but not all of the situations. Before we started our climb, the leader offered me a climbing stick. Out of ignorance, I took it. But countless times, I would have fallen. And I mean serious bodily injury had I not accepted the climbing stick. Could Moses have fallen? Absolutely. God expects us to do our best to provide and protect for ourselves. Then after our natural efforts, sometimes, but not all times, he will provide and protect us. He expects us to extend every possible effort first. And if we fail, if he chooses to provide or protect, if we are close enough and call behind him to do supernatural things for him, we might get a miracle of protection or provision. Why did Mitri hide the Bibles? He had to do all that he could not. He had to do all he could not. Try it again. He had to do all because he could not count on God to do everything. And sometimes God would step in at the discretion of God. Meaning, we are supposed to do everything we can to provide for ourselves, to protect ourselves. That's why we buckle our seat belts in our cars. We shouldn't just go 90 miles an hour, 30 mile hour zone without a seatbelt saying, God's going to protect me. Well, good luck with that. Okay? So we should protect ourselves. In John 9 1, Jesus had passed by and he saw a man who was blind from his birth. The disciples said, Master, who did sin? This is one of the biggest questions in the Bible. Who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Now, that's saying a couple of things. That's saying that sometimes. We're in the state that we're in because we did something wrong. Right or wrong? Amen. Sometimes, okay? Sometimes not. In this case, he says, well, in this case, neither his man sinned nor his parents, but because the words of God should be made manifest. So Jesus spat on the ground, made clay of the, sp- clay of the spittle, and anointed the eyes of the, man, the blind man with clay. Now, here's the question. This is the question I want to get to. He said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Why did he have to tell him to go wash in the pool of Siloam? What was he doing when he spit in the ground and he took that spit? He made mud. He made a 
probably a little mud ball, and he stuck it in the man's eye that was missing. What's really going on? Okay, could Jesus have just spoken and the eye just appeared? Probably. Why was he putting mud there? What are we made of? That's right, we're made of mud. So, in this case, he kind of helped it along a little bit. And the natural, the natural helped it along a little bit. But what if the God had said, no, no, it's too far. I'm not going to go to the pool of Siloam. I'm not, I'm not going to wash. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that. What do you suppose happened? So sometimes he expects us to do our best to try to provide and protect for ourselves. Yes? You agree? Okay. That's a big point. So as Leslie teaches in her Train the Prophets, her School of the Prophets, yesterday I said, Lord, <clears throat> I'd like a word. A word for the Spirit of Prophecy Church specifically. Meaning the people that are physically here and those people that are online. Which, by the way, last week, if I'm remembering right, I think it was last week, Facebook alone had 1,800 views. Total, it was, uh, I don't know, you know, pretty close to 2,500. I mean, we're on. I, and I, I, if, it, if it wasn't on the prophecy, I know one of the prophecy clubs, see, we're on a lot of platforms, but I, I think it was one of the prophecy club videos. I think it was last week, too. It had over 2,000. So, I don't know. Two, three, maybe even 4,000 people are watching this, though there's not very many people here. So I said, Lord, I'd like you to give me the word, a specific word for the church, Spirit of Prophecy Church, be that in person or online. This is what he gave me. And this is what he wanted me to say to you, that he has given into your hand and hath made thee ruler over them all. He wants us to understand who we are in him. We are not little, we are not small, but through him we can do mighty works of greatness. Through his name. You remember the scripture says, After these things the Lord appointed another seventy and sent them by two before his face into every city. And the labors are a few, he says, but I send you forth as lambs among the wolves. I think that 2024, based upon the prophecies, is going to be a year like we've never seen. We here at Prophecy Club, Spirit of Prophecy Church, been talking about this stuff coming for 40 years. I mean, you talk to Sean, he'll tell you. <laughs> well, you know, even we mistakenly said to Bentley, he said, well, there's no sense of going to college, you know, which was wrong. Um, we look back on that and regret that. We should prepare for every daily life. But in this case, I believe he's sending us He's prepared a people. I'm not talking about just the people in flesh here. I'm talking about people online. Because in the time of trouble, I think the Lord has prepared a people that he's going to send to be ministers to people that are hurting. Go to Luke 10, 17. They turned to the Lord and said, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. Lou should not be the only one in here who understands the power of Jesus the name of Jesus has power. I saw the man that was dead come back to life. I didn't even get the word name. As soon as I said Jesus, he took a deep breath and he was alive again. I assure you, he was gone. I saw the power of the name of Jesus. He wants me to say to you today, Spirit of Prophecy Church, 
The devils are subject to you. Sickness is subject to you. He has given us power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you in my name. Stan has no power. You have no power until you understand you are a child of God. You are washed in his blood. And the devil's afraid of that blood. The devil's afraid of that name. And we are carrying it. So it's like we're carrying a staff. We're carrying a stick. Matter of fact, we're carrying a big stick. His name is Jesus. We're supposed to go out and hit devils. So he says, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. Then he turns, he says, I give you power. Say, I give you power. Not enough. I give you power. One more time. I give you power. Over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by enemy shall hurt thee. Then he says down at the bottom, has revealed in them unto uh, babes, even so, Father, for so it has seemed good in thy sight. In other words, he doesn't need big famous people just because you don't have a big famous name or ministry. He needs people that know how to carry his name. He needs people that know how to, when they see someone hurting, would you like prayer? Would you like prayer? We just prayed for Chris. Just, boom, just prayed for him. We should be instant, in season, and out of season. We should be ready to pray for a person any and all the time. So he turned to them and his disciples said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. I think he's saying to the Spirit of Prophecy Church, to the Prophecy Club people, he's saying our eyes are blessed. Think about this. We have seen things that others desire to see and desire to know. They didn't see it. Many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which you see as not seen them. To hear things which you hear and not heard them. A lot of people are saying, oh no, the economy is falling. Oh, just wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. And when it falls, instead of falling, we're going to fall to our knees. That's not falling. That's saying we're going to pick up our stick. And we're going to go out and hit devils with the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So Philip said to them, show us the Father. Jesus says, look at Jack. Are you not listening? I've been with you all this time. This is the Johnsonized version. I've been with you all this time and you still don't know that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believeth on me in the works that I do, Verily, verily, I say that he that believeth on me in the works that I do. Somebody will get it. He that believeth on me in the works that I do. The greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. In other words, he left it into our hands. I don't know about you. I, I mean, okay, the flesh part of stand, you know, I like having a nice meal at a restaurant. I, I like the nice world out there. But right now, that world is living on nice things. They're saying, I don't need you. I don't need you, Jesus. So Jesus is saying, oh, you need me to get your attention. Okay, well, I know exactly how and where and when to do that. I'm the righteous judge. I'm pretty good at doing it. So he's about to set a lot of Americans on their face. Greater works than these you do because of the God of my Father, whosoever shall ask in my name. Oh, 
That will I do. No, 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 he won't. Yes, he will. Well, I know he answers prayers for some people, but not all people. That's right, he is a respecter of persons. No, the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he'll do for another. Amen. That will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, I'm going to read fast through this for the first part. But there's some important points I've got to see in here. And you may be saying, wait a minute. I thought you're supposed to be reading Bible. I'm supposed to be teaching Bible on Sunday morning. Well, we're supposed to be teaching the Word of the Lord. I believe this is the Word of the Lord. I believe it's the Word of the Lord for us today. And it's very important we see this. Dana Coverstone had him in her home two different times. He's been a minister at our crusades. Uh, Leslie, I believe he's hearing from God. So he says this came to him not just once, but he had the dream at least three times or more over a period of uh, over a period of ten days. Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. When Dimitri had a dream, if he wanted to make certain it was from God, he asked God to give him the dream again. That's the first test. He had it three times. So he says in the dream, I was sitting in a medical clinic waiting that was filled with people. Some of them were sick and looking weary. Some had brought family and friends that were sick and their caretakers were watching their phones and waiting to hear the name called so they could take the sick people back and be seen. Nurses with clipboards were getting histories on their charts and telling people they would be seen soon. It was obvious to me that there were too many people to be seen, even if they had 100 doctors behind their doors and their people were obvious in distress. See if you can turn that off. 100 bucks. 100 bucks. I say if your cell phone goes off in ministry, then you, you just donate $100. And I try to always keep mine on mute, and I guess I just donated $100. I'll send it to Honduras. How's that? See, it was important. All right, so let's go on. It was obvious to me there was too many people to be seen, even if they had 100 doctors behind their doors. And these people were obviously in distress. This was not a MASH unit by any means, but the nurses had shocked looks on their faces every time the door opened. And people flooded in. It appeared as if there were 200 to 250 people waiting to be seen, and they were losing all their patients. Now, he's about to say that this picture is a picture we're going to see this year. Thus saith the Lord. Meaning, there's going to be a lot of hurting people that can't get in to a doctor. But we know a doctor. We know a doctor. And we carry that doctor in our hands, anointed with oil, in the name of Jesus. Let's go on. My attention was drawn to a lady with a small boy in her lap, and she was wiping sweat off his head. She kept praying silently under her breath and looking up into the air, and her tears were streaming. I watched in my dream for what seemed like an hour or more. She occasionally got up and walked while holding her son, and she laid on him the chairs to walk. He would cry and beg her not to leave him. She would simply pray and summon the strength to pick him up and carry him again. She sat back down holding her boy when she suddenly got up and went to the door to the back. The door opened. The nurse said to the mother holding the son, The doctor will see you now. She went through the door. <coughs> Question. What got the boy through the door? 
You noticed it. That's right. The answer is prayer. So what's the Lord saying to us? We better be praying, but we are going to lay hands on people that are praying. I watched others in distress, and a few were praying quietly and silently, but what was interesting was that only the ones who got through the doors to the back were the ones praying. See, there's a lot of people in America, they ain't praying. No one called their names to stood uh, or stood loudly asking for the name of those in the chairs. Those people got up and went to the door, which suddenly opened. Then they were told that the doctor will see you now. No surprise looks on either of the parties at the door, just getting up and going through it. Nobody else seemed upset by the people going through the door, and nobody rushed up to the door to demand that they get in as well. Matter of fact, nobody even noticed that those specific people who had walked to the door and got in, as soon as they got up, their seats were filled by people coming in who were sick or those bringing the sick in. What's the point so far? Prayer. What he's trying to say is pray, right? Okay. <clears throat> so I got up and I walked, and as soon as I got up, my street was taking. My, my prayer was simply, Lord, get me, Lord, let me get in the door and see you as I need your wisdom and your healing and direction. I paced and, and prayed some more when I heard the Lord's voice in my head, and it said, go to the door and wait. I walked to the door and looked around to see if anybody had noticed. It was now standing room only in the room, and yet people were still pushing through to get into the building from the outside. I waited a few more minutes, and the door opened, and the nurse said, the doctor will see you now. I walked into a very simple but comfortable room that resembled a doctor's personal office with bookshelves and a big desk. Sitting at the desk in the doctor's coat was the man I see so often in my dreams. Now, let me say, (coughs) he's about to say it's Jesus. But if you go back into Revelation, go back into many places, a lot of people thought they saw Jesus when it was actually an angel because the angel is speaking for Jesus, okay? So whether it's an angel, whether it's Jesus, the point is it's still coming from Jesus. So the man I see so often in my dreams, he asked me to come in and sit down, so I did. He was looking at a clipboard chart and making notes with a pen. I then noticed that the door had come in and had disappeared, The door I came in had disappeared, and there were no other doors in this room. The windows to the outside seemed to be enveloped in bright light streaming into the room. There was a scent that was wonderful to smell, but not obvious as to what it was exactly. I felt absolute peace and tranquility. It seemed that there was green grass instead of carpet in the room, and the walls were translucent and almost glowing. There was also the sense of a cloud hovering over the ceiling and strong presence in the room. My focus came back to the Jesus, to Jesus, who was looking very directly at me. And I asked, why am I here and what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Now, this part in the yellow is a big thing that I want to, we're going to talk about. <clears throat> he smiled and leaned into the desk and laid the clipboard on the desk closest to me. He tapped the stylus end of the pen on the clipboard three times, in other words, okay, and said, here's my prognosis. Now, you see that word prognosis? I'm going to say what he's really saying is, here's my prophecy. What he's about to do is tell us what we're going to see specifically in the next year. Okay, this is specifically from man of God, what is coming in the next year. 
By the way, if you want to see this again, I think it's Monday's program. Anyway, he tapped Salas on the end of the pen of the clipboard three times and said, here's my prognosis. Over the next year, how long? Over the next year. The financial deception about the American economy is going to be revealed, but most will not, still not realize what has happened to them personally. The church will have to go to live by faith, trusting me to provide and come through for them consistently. And I will provide for those who live and walk in faith, and people will see what I can do. Persecution will come at a pace the country has never seen before, and it will increase to far more than jail and prison. Censorship will become the standard, and the attempt to silence the voices speaking truth will come to naught, only as the faithful pray and speak the truth themselves. The accuser of the brethren will unleash accusations against God's people and bring intentional harm against those that speak the truth, and his lies will be believed. Christian families will experience conflict that is unprecedented, and hate will knock on every Christian door. And the false teachers will attempt to invade every church committed to truth and strangle believers until they breathe no more. The fight has come, and the fight is on. Braced or not, it is here. And many will fall to the side. Let me read that again. And many will fall to the side on a sword of their own. At this point, he stood and pushed the clipboard across the desk towards me, and I stood and picked it up, reading the words written here. Be strong and courageous. Walk on the water. Be instant and in season at all times. I am with you all times, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. <clears throat> the man said, get busy. Then disappeared as I looked up from the paper on the clipboard, and I was sitting back in the waiting room in the clinic. Still full of people, and even more than when I went into the office. A voice came over the loudspeaker and said, This office is closing in ten minutes, but church representatives will be standing by to pray for you after we close. So please stay behind if you want to be prayed for, and sit in the designated area near the doctor's office. People started complaining out loud, out loud grumbling that they were still sick and had not been seen. Okay, the point is what? They're counting on the worldly methods to fix them, not Jesus, right? Are you getting that, okay? Were sick and had not been seen, but many slammed the door when they could. About 20 people remained behind. So that's 20 out of 250, right? That's about 10% of them. Did you catch that? Okay. About 20 people remained behind, some holding six children. Others were elderly and obviously weary and desperate. I stood at the door by the office and watched two adults and the lady with a little boy joined me. The lady pulled out a bottle of anointing oil and said, let's get busy. You know what the Lord's saying to us this morning? I'm sorry, would you say that again? I didn't hear it. <laughs> For the Lord. What he's saying, Spirit of Prophecy Church, all of these years have all been preparation and now the game is about to start. The president's about to go out, pick up the ball, and throw it to start the game. Only it's not the president. Let's get busy. The adults and myself and the little boy had her oil, had her oil into our hands. 
We started walking towards the people to pray. The people were eager to be prayed for, eager to be prayed for, and each person was healed as we laid hands on them. At this point in the dream, I woke up and the last three digits in a row at exactly three, six, excuse me, back up. I woke up the last three nights in a row at exactly 3.16 a.m. Why 3.16 a.m.? <clears throat> January, February, March, 16th. Yeah, John 3.16. That's, that's a good point, too. My guess is it's probably, I'm going to be watching the date March 16th, 2024. Do I know anything that's going to happen? But I'm going to be watching. I think it's a hint for us to watch. <coughs> that's what? Oh, that is Pat. Oh, that is no. Okay, I don't know. When is it? I don't know, but that would be a good point to look up. I'm sure someone will look it up now. Okay, let's go on. So now let's dissect the main message. Here's my prognosis, or what I believe what he's saying is: here's what's about to happen in 2024. First point: over the next year, can't get around that. Okay, that is saying this is what's coming in 2024. Now, does it mean all of this is guaranteed to arrive? No. It's guaranteed to arrive unless we pray. But that's why we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be taking power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. A lot of times, what was given to Coverstone is not a prophecy. It's not in concrete. It's not in granite. It can be changed He's telling us to get us to pray. What he's saying is it going to come if you don't pray. Now, some of it will come because there's not enough people praying. But anyway, over the next year, the financial deception about the American economy is going to be revealed. Hang on. What is that? What is the financial deception? Is there a financial deception in America today? Anybody? Somebody tell me, what's the financial deception? She says, bank stock markets, what else? The dollar has value. Yeah, that's the deception. <clears throat> Does the dollar have value? No. no. Since Nixon took us off of the gold standard, you can't take your dollar bill to the bank and say, I want some precious metal for this. <laughs> They'll laugh. My mom said in her day, you could take a $20 bill, down to the bank, and they would give you a one-ounce gold piece. <laughs> well, it takes about 2000 of those dollars to get a gold piece today. So it says the financial deception about the American economy is going to be revealed this year. That means that when the world finally discovers that our dollar is fiat, do you know what fiat means? Air. It's nothing. It's not backed by anything. So the dollar is going to fall this next year. Now, that's a hint. If you have money in an IRA, a 401, or some kind of a paper thing, or if you have it in stacks of currency under your mattress, wherever it is, or in the bank, unless it's in some kind of a tangible asset, the Lord told Massey <clears throat> that it needs to either be in land, gold or silver, and of course I'm going to add a third thing, oil wells. But if it's not in a tangible asset, you're about to lose it. And the prophecies say it doesn't go down gradually so you can prepare. The prophecies say, boom, it's instant. One prophecy is a guy goes in to get $20 out of the ATM, and before he drives off, he realizes he didn't get enough money, 
He, he puts the car back in again, and just that quick, it had changed. In other words, it's instant. Down 30%, down to 50%, 66, zero, worthless as leaves blowing in the wind. Financial deception about the American economy is going to be revealed this year. But most will still not realize what has happened to them personally. They don't want to know. You go to some, I don't have to tell you. You go to somebody to try to tell, oh, do you realize we're in the last day? <laughs> Are you kidding? And will they listen to you? Absolutely not. So they're going to be the ones that will be hurt the worst. Second point, the church will have to live by faith, trusting me to provide. Spirit of Prophecy Church, this is not talking to the world. This is talking to us. So what we have to do is look in our heart today and say, are we really living by faith? Are we really? Today we've got to look in our heart and say, are we really? And if not, we better get there. The church will have to live by faith, trusting, trusting me to provide and come through for them consistently. So what's he really saying is, if you live by faith, I will provide and I will do it consistently. In other words, we're about to see a new level of Jesus. Are you getting this? We're about to see a new level. Come through for them consistently and I will provide for those who live and walk in faith and people will see... What I can do. I've told you many times, August 8th, 2015. Saturday night, Lord, what do you want to say for the sermon tomorrow morning? And I heard words. And I said, this is the time of miracles. It says, as the judgment hits, so are my miracles. Miracles like no one has seen going all the way back to Adam and Eve. You tell them, I will never leave them, nor forsake them. As I will meet the devil, inch for inch, step for step, pound for pound, everything he does, I'm going to meet him. So when they come out with a falling dollar, understand God has got another answer. When they cut off our food, understand God has got another answer. And when you can't get into a doctor, God has got another answer. That's what he's saying. You can live in the world and you can bite your fingernails, or you can put some oil on your hands and go to work. I choose the oil. I believe you choose the oil. I will provide for those that live and walk in faith. And people will see what I can do. Isn't that the same thing as the judgment hits so of my miracles? We don't want to see the judgment hit. We want to see the miracles. But Jesus is saying, Come on, they go together. Right now America is so asleep. They're sla- As we said in Texas, they're slap dab asleep. Slap dab, that's a good that's a good phrase. Like y'all gotta learn to talk. You know, if you if you like <clears throat> we sent uh, we sent Benice back to well we didn't send she had to go back to South Africa. And I've noticed that she's just been back down in South Africa. She's picked up her South African accent. But not to worry, we'll get her back up here and after a little while get her talking normally. Right? Persecution will come at a pace the country has never seen before, and it will increase to far more than jail and prison. 
I don't think that, this is my personal opinion, I don't think that that is fully fulfilled in 2024, but I do think it starts in 2024. So what's it really saying? Persecution, what's that? I think that what we're going to see, say the other prophecies, there's probably going to be a time when we drive up and there's people with signs out there protesting, trying to get us not to come into this door right there. Are you still willing to come? Are you still willing to walk in the door, walk past those signs? And by the way, what if it gets worse than just holding a sign? What if it gets worse than just hollering nasty words at you? That's the kind of things he's talking about. He's saying that Christians are not going to be the favored in the society anymore. We're going to be like the Jews are treated, or probably worse. Have we not seen them treated very badly in the last two months? Persecution will come at a pace the country has never seen before. It will increase to far more than jail and prison, meaning, well, we know where it's going. Mark of the beast stuff. Censorship. <clears throat> Censorship would become the standard, and the attempt to silence the voices speaking truth will come to not only as the faithful pray and speak the truth themselves. So when they start taking people off of the platforms, we've got to continue to speak the truth. We've got to continue to pray. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not holding up signs. They're not writing our senator. Writing your senator is a good idea. That's not wrong. But that's not the weapons of our warfare. The weapons of our warfare, come on, are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We get on our knees. Casting out devils. As the faithful pray and speak the truth themselves. So when this censorship comes next year, they'll probably start doing things like taking even more Christians off the platform. Maybe that all the Christians get kicked off all of the platforms. Then what do we do? That's right. And we pray. The accuser of the brethren will unleash accusation against God's people and bring intentional harm against those that speak the truth and his lies will be believed. Now, who's the accuser of the brethren? That would be Lucifer. Right now, there's no one really attacking Christians. It's all very subtle, very okay. But what it's saying is Revelation 13 is about hit where it says, and who's given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and powers given to him, the Antichrist, powers given to him, great things and blasphemies and powers given to him to open his mouth and to speak blasphemies against God, his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Meaning we're going to see probably not just movies. But I think we'll see in online newspapers, we're going to see in CBS, ABC, NBC, we're going to see those people openly saying bad things about Christians, bad things about Jesus. That's what it's saying. The accused of the brethren will unleash accusation against God's people. You're bad people. Kind of like you see them doing right now with the Jews, okay, with Israel. See, when they come on and they talk about Israeli war, all they do is show about all of these poor Hamas people being hurt and these Palestinians being hurt. They're not talking about the truth. They're not bringing truth. So what they're going to do is replace Palestinians with the word Christian 
And they're going to say all manner of bad things against Christians, against churches. That's what it's saying. There's giving him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power is given to him and continue 42 months. And he opened his mouth and blasphemy against God. To blaspheme his name is tabernacle. That would be also including the church. And then they dwell in heaven. It's given to him to make war with the saints. That's what we're about to see in 2024. War with the saints to overcome them. Power is given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Let's go on. Next point was Christian families will experience conflict that is unprecedented and hate will knock on every Christian door. I don't think that that's just talking about the world attacking us or the world attacking the church. I think it's talking about our sons, our daughters, our brothers, our sisters, our moms, our dads, our children that pick up the phone and say, Hey! You've been watching CNN? you watching what they're saying about you people? I've been telling you about them, Christians. I've been telling you about that church. Listen to what they're saying. Come on, Stan. Help us out. Are we ready? Do we have roots deep? We go into a church just so we can enjoy ourselves and we can go out and have a little lunch afterwards? Are we really reading our Bible? Are we really, really praying? We memorize the scripture like this. Little girl set my heart ablaze this morning, quoting a scripture. Look, we better have a scripture. We better know it. We can't say, where's my cell phone? Where's my cell phone? (laughs) Honey, what was that scripture? Help us out, Stan. Conflict that is unprecedented. What's unprecedented mean? It means we've never seen this before. Conflict like we've never seen and hate is coming to every Christian door. False teachers. <laughs> we don't have no false teachers in America. Maybe other countries, but not America. False teachers will attempt to invade every church. Attempt. We're going to spot it. We're not letting it in our church. I was talking to my <clears throat> good friend in Lubbock. He's a uh, HVAC guy, plumber, handyman. He said, yeah, I used to lead praise and worship my church, but he hasn't been to church now in years. So I said, so how come you don't go to church anymore? He says, I got tired of all the church splits. And I thought, well, we don't have no church splits at Spirit Prophecy Church. I was talking to Lou, and I thought, I don't think we have church splits. We just have splinters all the time. False teachers attempt to invade every church committed to to the truth, and strangle believers until they breathe no more. Oh, it's only just, we're talking theory. You know what it's really saying? They're going to try to shut down churches. We're going to see CNN, ABC, CBS. We're going to see those kind of people. We're going to see newspaper online. And they're going to openly, this next year, start openly attacking churches. So much so that there's going to cause fights and divisions among families, among businesses. You may lose your job because you're a Christian like they did in Romania. They do in a lot of nations these days. False teachers will attempt to invade the church to the point where it'll strangle believers until they breed no more. 
what does that mean? Oh, that just means that that doesn't mean that they just die. I mean, we're not going to see Christians die in America. I mean, come on, Stan, get real. I didn't write it. I'm just delivery boy. But what does that say? I'm saying the party's over. Just like Lou said this morning, the party is over. At this point, we've got to we got to be praying more. We've got to be reading our Bible more. We've got to get closer to Jesus than we've ever been. Merry Christmas, by the way. The fight has come. The fight is on. Yeah, this is your Christmas message. <laughs> Brace or not, it is here, and many will. F- Merry Christmas! You got your Christmas message. Brace or not, it is here. Many will fall to the side. Now, what is this? What is this? Many will fall to the side on a sword of their own. I'll read it again. See if you can figure it out. The fight has come. The fight is on. Brace or not, it is here. Many will fall on the side on a sword of their own. What is falling on a side a sword of your own? What is falling on a sword of your own? I'm sorry? Your own sin, she says. Yes, yes. It's something we've done that causes us to fall. It's something we believe that causes us to fall away. <laughs> Come on, you're getting really off on the side here. What could anybody believe that would cause them to fall away from Jesus? What? Did I hear it? Pre-trib? You mean if they are expecting Jesus to come in the sky and suck them into the sky so they don't have to go through any trip? And then, and then all of a sudden they find themselves in trouble and they say, Wah! My pastor lied to me. He told, he told me we were going to get raptured out of here. We didn't. We're still here. I'm mad. Walk away from the church. Oh, yeah, Leslie said, well, now they're softening. And they're saying, well, now, I didn't say that you wouldn't go through any trouble. <laughs> Come on, Stan, help us out. <laughs> He's saying in 2024, what we've, been praying, what we've been preparing and praying for and learning for is coming. I didn't say it. He said it. He says, fight has come. The fight is on. Braced or not, it is here. And many will, many will fall to the side. means they will walk away from Jesus. It means they'll lose their salvation. Whoa, 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 whoa. Christians can't lose their salvation. Don't you know that? Wait a minute. Whoever takes that mark of the beast, they will be tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. You sat in the church, you can preach in the church, but you take that mark and you will lose your salvation. And I can show you some other scriptures. But the point is, it's where they believed a lie. Where they have believed and misunderstood to the point to where they'll walk away from Jesus. They'll lose their salvation. That's what it's saying on a sword of their own. <clears throat> Be strong and courageous. Now, I like this next word. Walk on the water. What is he saying? What is he saying? He's saying those kind of miracles are coming to this generation. I don't know about you, but we've been praying. We've been looking for those kind of miracles. It's like, God, Jesus, where are you? I laid hands. I prayed. You know, 
He's saying it's coming. He's saying we're going to see those kind of miracles this next year. I didn't say it. He said it. He said we're going to see those kind of miracles this next year. Be strong and courageous. Walk on water. Be instant and in season. Instant and in season at all times. I'm always with you. I'll never leave you, forsake you. And the man said, get busy. He's saying, guys, it's time to go to work. All of this preparation, all of this prophecy stuff we've been hearing, it's all here. The lady pulled out a bottle of anointing oil and said, let's get busy. The adults and myself and the little boy had our oil on our hands and we started walking towards the people to pray. The people were eager to be prayed for, eager to be prayed for. That's the ones we pray for. We don't pray for people don't want to pray for. They don't want to pray, okay? Go see the doctor. Or you can go see the doctor. What doctor do you want? doctor that might do it or the doctor that will do it. So here's what we're going to be doing this next year. Oh, and it's even revelation oil. My revelation oil. So we're going to be pouring the oil. Who wants prayer? Is that good news? I think that's good news. Merry Christmas. Ho, 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 and a bottle of anointing oil. Go and stand, go. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> She'll never come back again. What kind of a church are you going to? The lady pulled out a bottle of anointing oil and said, let's get busy. The, the adults and myself and the little boy had a pour oil in our hands and started walking towards the people to pray. And the people were eager to be prayed for. And each person, each person, each person was healed as we laid hands on them. It's about time. As we say down in Texas, it's about cotton picking time. At this point in the dream, I woke up at least three nights in a row at exactly the same time, 3.16. Again, is that March 16, 2024? I don't know, but I'm going to be watching for it. I'm going to be watching. Kevin Zadai said, everyone is going to see the miracles of God. Pastor Shane Warren said at the same time, I saw the church arise with healing in the wings for this moment. I saw God prospering greatly. Many acquiring things and a great transfer of wealth coming into the hands of believers. In Jesus' name. Churches became cities of refuge. That's what this is going to become. Cities of refuge. Cities of refuge. The body of Christ stood up like a mighty sleeping giant in the earth and began to minister. Began to minister. People were coming to them. Signs, wonders, miracles poured out all over America. And apparently it happens this year. I saw America being shaken as the world. They couldn't go to the government for help anymore. They had to go to the church. Entire cities became cities of refuge. There was life, safety, peace, and the presence of God in the churches. People were running to the cities. Revival had arrived. It was a two-sided coin. As judgment hit, so did God's miracles. Hmm. Seemed like I heard that someplace before. As judgment hit, so did God's miracles. As the great inflation caused the economic storm, great revival arrived. God will raise up his church. The, great, the body of Christ stood up and became, and people turned to the churches. The miracles returned to the church. I saw cities of refuge 
Well, God was protecting them. Revival was taking place. Judgment brings revival. I saw God prospering greatly. Many acquiring things and a transfer of wealth coming to the hands of believers. So, if you have not memorized those specific verses, may I suggest again, memorize those. I promise there's going to be a day in 2024 when you're going to need to know those verses. You're going to need to know how to lead someone to the Lord. And here's the simplest way. When I was in Honduras, I was on radio and TV. You can't, do, you can't go into something complicated. So I said, simply ask Jesus to forgive your sins. It doesn't cost anything. It doesn't hurt. Your teeth don't fall out. Ask Jesus. Just say, Jesus, forgive my sins. Jesus, forgive my sins. Four words. Jesus, forgive my sins. Because he's the only one that can. Jesus, forgive my sins. That's the simple part. So you people online or you people in the room, if you have not already, ask Jesus to forgive your sins. It's better today than tomorrow. Now, for those, <clears throat> for those that call themselves Christians, I'll give you a couple of pointers. One, I think that you, if you have not already, you should commit to read the Bible through this year. From end to amen. In the beginning, amen. Okay. From end to amen, from Genesis to Revelation. Read the Bible. King James, of course. Next thing I suggest is you start memorizing. Start with those verses. I suggest that you start getting on your knees, praising and worshiping God every day. If you have some secret sins, drop them. Get out of them quick. Because as the Bible says, be sure your sins will find you out. Maybe your mom, maybe your dad, maybe your husband, your wife, maybe your children, maybe your pastor, maybe none of them know of your sins. And you may be even saying, God doesn't even know about my sins. Trust me, the devil does. And he's coming after you. He walked about like a roaring lion, thinking who he may devour. And if he hadn't devoured you already, he's about to devour you this next year. So ask Jesus to forgive your sins. And if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, send us an email to this email address. And I encourage you to become a member down in the bottom left corner where it says become a member. You can go to Spirit of Prophecy Church or prophecyclub.com. Click here and become a member. And if you'd like to donate, (coughs) whether you're in the room or especially if you're online, we've made it easy for you. And you may be saying, well, you know, I mean, I'm not there. I don't, I don't have to donate. Yeah, right. You don't have to donate. The devil will come and steal it from you if you don't want to. Yeah, that's unfortunately right. I had one pastor. Somebody asked him, he says, how many people in your church tithe? And he said, all of them. He said, either they give or the devil comes and steals it. Right? But I've seen the hand of God. Have you seen the hand of God where you give? I've seen it where I gave and the very next day. Not not just once, but several. I remember one time I wrote out a check, <clears throat> put an envelope, put, an, uh, put a stamp on it, walked it out to the mailbox. Less than an hour later, the doorbell rang. Somebody handed me cash for exactly the same amount. But most of the time, what comes back is not the same amount. Most of the time, it's more. 
Okay, wait, 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 wait. If that's true, then we should never be in a financial bind. It's true. Okay, so anyway, you can give if you'd like to. And if you would like to help us share this message, you can click like and share, then the algorithm thinks that somebody wants to see it. And so it sends us on. Also, if you click subscribe, especially if you click the bell, then it'll let you know when we post another one, which is six days or six days a week, I guess. Anyway, Father, we we ask that you would get us prepared, prepared to serve you in the time of trouble ahead. We do receive this. We help us. We ask you to help us to get prepared in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.